0: Welcome to the Nerd Party. It can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is going to be fun. Off we go into time and space! Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast i'm jessica nunn
1: and i'm her husband and co-host philip gilfus so i've been reading a doctor who book that you've been reading or that you read and that you reviewed uh, at a prior episode in and right. so the second doctor adventure in hollywood i'm still not through it yet but i'm near the end so i'll probably have more to say when it's finished but it's 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 interesting it's 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 not bad
0: It doesn't feel like a Doctor Who story.
1: No. And I think, I mean, I feel like the characterizations are really good of the Doctor and Ben and Polly, but it's sort of almost, and I don't know, I I keep struggling with how to describe it because I don't say, like, well, is it too violent? But I'm like, I don't know. There's even classic Who's that are violent, you know? I mean, it's a little bit more Ray Guns and whatever, but people, you know, die, whatever. But I guess, like, they don't drop, you know, GDs and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So it's a little more sort of, I guess, like, it's in a different genre of...
0: Yeah. It feels like It's not even the film
1: noir. I guess more like Untouchables kind of...
0: Yeah. Sort of a James Patterson Mm -hmm. thriller kind of thing rather than a Doctor Who story in my mind.
1: Yeah, maybe it's the mashup genre, so... Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's, it's a little long in spaces, but it's, on the whole, not bad. Yeah. So bad and not bad started reading the bill hartnell biography by his granddaughter
0: ironically Uh, enough
1: yeah which i think was if i'm not mistaken maybe i am but i think that was the uh, inspiration for adventure in space and time
0: oh right yes okay
1: so uh, but of course she's you know interested in talking more about him you know not just him as dr who that's certainly not irrespective of how she knew him and experienced him but but it's very interesting the way it's sort of so that's sort of my Doctor Who reading.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: But that's not what our topic is today. It
0: is not.
1: It is the month of April, the fourth month, which means...
0: The fourth doctor.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, so, as usual, we are using our inspiration for this topic from Richard Carrier's uh, video of the doctors, and so we'll be posting his fourth doctor video um, here in the show notes so you can watch and and uh, be entertained by his great research and work that he's putting into the series so yes although
0: i've got to be honest lost a little respect for him when he said he didn't like canine
1: yeah yeah, and he also had some choice words about self-respecting fans and what episodes we should know yes so we just don't respect ourselves we we feel (laughs) properly (laughs) schooled yes shamed possibly possibly
0: shamed
1: so, um, you know, it, of course, has always talks about the new Doctor and the new series and whatever. And I thought there was an interesting talk about how, and and this makes sense uh, intellectually and, and maybe in other organizations, but I suppose it doesn't often happen in television. And that's where you have, you know, showrunner or producer, or whatever you want to call it, transition, but they actually stay, you know, so you actually mm. have a right, right seat, left seat ride uh, with the new guy. And so you sort of had the third Doctor folks, and then you had the incoming fourth Doctor folks, but, uh, you know, the video was... The wasn't... Shadow Doctor. <laughs> yes, exactly. But the sh- uh, the, Richard was making the point that the first couple fourth Doctor stories sort of have a third Doctor feel, because it's still the third Doctor folks, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, which seems strange, like a strange choice. Right. Like, I get the uh, the idea of having a transition like that is really a great idea right? but when it means that you don't the doctor himself doesn't necessarily have a chance to find his footing as much Mm -hmm. that's got to be a difficult difficult thing
1: yeah because you know and I guess I'm trying to think in some ways we sort of haven't had a clean clean break in New Who because Stephen wrote so much under Russell and then Chris wrote so much under both you know and so there hasn't been sort of a not an outsider, you know. Well, maybe it should be an outsider, but anyway, there hasn't been a sort of a, a new new person,
0: a complete all change.
1: Yes. So, I mean, they all obviously put their own spin on things, and but yeah, but that, that was interesting, and and certainly Richard, uh, he, he is very invigorated by what he calls the golden age of who here. Um, but I guess let's getting ahead of ourselves. So, of course, they talk about choosing the new Doctor. You know, we have had. Bill Hartnell, we've had Pat Troughton, we've had John Pertwee, who, you know, the video makes a point of, like, John Pertwee sort of made Doctor Who the institution, and so now we're going to pass it on, which is obviously big, you know, big things to fill. Who are we going to go with? And what did you sort of think of that discussion of choosing the new actor?
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I found it interesting that they had cast the Companions first. Sort of, at least in terms of. Well,
1: you already had Sarah. This, you know, you Sarah had Liz Jane's there. already there.
0: Yep. Harry. Yeah. Was he already there? I guess.
1: I mean, because arguably they said that the idea was that they were going to cast an older.
0: Right. Doctor. That's, so, that's. I mean, he
1: wasn't there in the show was, yet.
0: Right. That's what I meant. His first yes. episode was
1: Tom Baker's first, first episode, but but you know, they may sounds like they cast him. First, they ca-
0: because they were thinking they were going to cast an older doctor, yeah. and so Harry could be the younger... Ian. Ian. He specifically makes that mm. analogy of, you know, the, the hero, quote-unquote, which mm. he, uh, Ian had come straight from hero-dom. Yeah, right Lancelot. So, yeah. yeah. hero dum. Yep. Can we make that a word? Sure. So, trying to repeat that, but then, of course, they got Tom Baker, who was not, how old was he? I don't know.
1: He couldn't have been that old.
0: No, no. I mean, you think of Peter Davidson as being He as being twenty eight like, or twenty nine. Yeah, really. So he probably, but, I assume,
1: late thirties. But I'll look it up while we're talking.
0: Yeah. So that was that. That's an interesting idea. And then, of course, then they had to oust poor Harry eventually. <laughs> um, but he talks about the chemistry between them, which I found interesting. You know, the two men. Butting heads and things like that. I just find that an interesting concept and would have been interesting to watch. And says that we don't see it really again until Rory comes into the TARDIS.
1: Yeah, I like that as a sort of a comparison of that. It was- yeah,
0: I did too. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Well, he's math.
1: born in 34. Okay. And he played it, well, that's easy, I guess. 40. So 40. Yeah, Tom Baker was 40. So, you know, there you go. So I could be playing the doctor soon
0: absolutely i see no impediment to that plan
1: i mean i'm i'm not on a work site but i'm similar could it be there you
0: absolutely know? yes and so
1: next thing you know your ticket's punched well I, I thought it was interesting how and we sort of heard two versions of the story but maybe <laughs> it's the same story of how they chose tom because it sounded like they were really going through a long list as you, the bbc always does or you know producers or whoever and it was interesting the different names that Richard Carrier goes through in the video. David Warner was the one that sort of popped out at me, but that they were either <laughs> not interested or not available, which I think is interesting because I think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you'd be great for Dr. Coon. Some of these actors might be like, hmm, TV. I'm not really. Yeah. And of course, you're locked in, you know, not necessarily for a specified time, but for a time. And.
0: Yes, although I don't know what their filming period is um, because I get the feeling, certainly with New Who, the filming period is not incredibly onerous. Right. I feel like you can do a show like Doctor Who... And still be doing other things.
1: It seems like I don't know, but it just seems like with New Who, it's just hectic filming. But then it's just like for three months. I'm making this up. Yeah, for three months, three or four months. And then it's in the bank, and then it'll air a year from then. And then you know, you're free to do other things.
0: Yeah. So and again, that sort of is my feel from New Who, and whether that was the case with Old Who.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to figure out how many episodes because it sounded like they were doing it like a week long. Rehearsal, Or a week, excuse me, a week-long production is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But I could be wrong. could be a lot longer than that. Um, but yeah. it was. But I, I thought, it seemed to me that this was sort of the first, for lack of a better word, unknown actor they went with. Mm. You know, with Bill Hartnell. He's Although, from the, uh,
0: interestingly enough, mm-hmm. Tom Baker had loads of theater experience. Right. Loads of experience as a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, at his time of casting, he was doing a side hustle. Right. But he's got the chops, certainly, uh, just not the name recognition necessarily.
1: And he sort of played, and I guess you know he had the—I can't remember the movies that were referenced. Was for of like a wizard role, then a Rasputin role, which I guess were similar, really. When you think about it, interesting that that's what attracted them. You know, I, mean, I guess I could see it. You know, the doctor and you know magical power, or you know, yeah, there's the some... sort
0: of fantasy genre at least. But it
1: almost comes more as a villain than as a hero. But yes. Yeah. But yeah. I guess if they were going for an anti-hero, I don't know if they used those terms back then, but I could see that because the mm-hmm. doctor sometimes can be that.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, because I, you know, I, just, I just imagine, you know, uh, you know, they, with Bill Hartnell, you know, they you know, it's the old guy from movies, Pat Trouton, comedy background, John Perchway from radio and comedy, and then Tom Beggar's the guy um, you not necessarily didn't have a comedic background, so it seemed like yeah. they were finally trying to. verge away from the you know because just
0: now and now for something completely completely different different.
1: right and so yeah and and you know because with every doctor you want to do what you haven't done before and so what's the opposite of the third doctor and john Pertwee which of course that's the danger because with everything because it's very successful franchise at this point and so everything's always going to be scary
0: yes and the suggestion let s- some people were like this is terrible <laughs> this is my, my child hates him yes. and then other people were like yes perfect which we yes. see still today
1: mm-hmm. and of course going back to what i said earlier richard carrier sort of dubs this the golden age of who or at least i'll go classic who he didn't make that distinction but i will then i don't know whether i agree or not because i it's i still digest you know i've sort of going around my second round of classic who so the first time i've sort of done all the first time except for the third doctor which we're doing together so i know who everyone is i know who all the player is i sort of haven't sat down and thought well I guess in our earlier episodes when we ranked the Doctors. But, mm. you know, I don't know what I think Once the best. Once we've
0: done this deep dive, we um, should go back. and
1: Right, rank them again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious because we are doing our, our third Doctor watch. Not even a rewatch, it's a watch. It'll be curious whether this is a third Doctor watch or this just turns into just watching Doctor Who from until we hit the end. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. I might need a break. I might need to go back to Matt Smith for a little while once we once we get finished with Pertwee. Um, although I'm enjoying the one we're watching now. So. Yes, the Mind Robber. Yeah, what we're
1: currently in. So yeah, um, and the the Richard struggled, admittedly, to find sort of a because if you know for all of his videos, he kind of picks one or two episodes that kind of encapsulate uh, the Doctor's period and. He said he struggled with this one because he, he loves them so loves many. Loves them
0: all, yes. Yes. So,
1: but he ended up picking, or at least one of the ones he ended up picking, was Genesis of the Daleks. Now, we were lucky enough to see that in the theaters. That mm-hmm. was one of the Fathom Events uh, production. So what did you sort of think of that pick, now since you have seen it, and how that shows the fourth Doctor and his face Yeah. Because actually, his, it's his first season, because Harry's still there, that's how you know. So,
0: Right. And I'll be honest, I don't have a whole lot of memory of Harry in it, (laughs) vaguely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's interesting, and I think it's an important one in the Dalek canon, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, And also for... It's one of the few, in my mind anyway, and you can correct me if you want to, where we at least with the old who where with classic who sorry where we get the real conundrums you know the do i have the right to do this do i have the right to make this choice and this of course ultimately comes to head with matt smith you know when when they talk about doctor means warrior right in so many languages because he's done so much that can be seen as oppressive. Right. In his history and, and the lonely is, god. Yes. And this is one of the first places where we get to see that. And maybe again, what, on Leela's planet? Yes. That that's probably another example of when it turns out that the evil is
1: Oh yes, yes, when he uh yes, when he says Has, in the episode we've never seen, I visited there earlier, fixed their computer, and then when he comes back, by the way, the computer's now, you know, taking over everything. Bad
0: guy doctor. Yes. And so, again, you know, feeling the repercussions of his actions.
1: The face of evil, if I'm saying that correctly.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think this is the first time we get that as a conundrum. The
1: moral quandary. And
0: it's an interesting one. Mm -hmm. And we'll follow him all the way through, because I think it... You know, has to, when you're a thousand years old, Uh the actions that you've taken reverberate. Mm -hmm.
1: Any other aspects from the video that popped out at you? Because I I don't know, I mean, oddly enough, I don't know how much of the Fourth Doctor stuff you've actually seen, but what, what did you sort of think?
0: Yeah, is this the one that we watched where you get that little snippet of an interview with Chris Chibnall?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: That was kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. A um, very, very young Chris Chibnall. Nerdy. And very nerdy, <laughs> bless his heart. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, again, the foreshadowing.
1: Yes. Yeah, because I think, you know, the, the, Tom Baker obviously was the longest in the TARDIS. So uh, I was going to say for good or ill. I mean, you, know, you can say he was there too long, but there's a lot of good there at the beginning, at least, If even if not at the end. Because I think Richard talks about the fact that he, he, re rewatching the last series, which just came out on Blu-ray, for those interested, he thought was better than he remembered. Okay. But that last series of his. So. Where
0: he was unhappy.
1: Right, and looked old.
0: Okay.
1: Well, it looked sickly, frail, sickly. you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely much more spacey. You know, the, stores, the stories are more sci-fi you know then sort of the not as
0: much of the historical stuff and and certainly and that's you know again the pendulum swing from mm-hmm. the pertwee years so right. stuck on, of earth, stuck on right. earth and yeah. lower budget so i think it's a natural pendulum mm-hmm. to to sort of go the complete opposite direction although you know again my favorites are always going to be sort of the historical the more fantasy based
1: and then it was interesting to hear the richard talk about the fact that sort of all the different producers because you had uh, i'll get names wrong you sort of had the barry Letts era you know leaving then you had what hencliffe philip Hencliffe and oh uh, i can't remember the other name i'm sorry i know these are all important people for that the large era there of the fourth doctor and then, of course, you had JNT, John Nathan-Turner, coming in at that last series and shaking things off, you know, for good or for ill, and, and sort of telling Tom, no, you're just actually going to do what I say. Um, that's going what's to what's yeah, happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's
0: something we can talk about a little later on in terms mm-hmm. of, of uh, Tom Baker's mm-hmm. uh, role as Doctor Who, both on stage and off. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, I'm, 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 it'll be interesting to revisit these Fourth Doctor stories because, obviously, there's so many. But, yeah, I, I think uh, there's a lot to Because, as the video says, there's a lot of genres, you know. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, for good or for ill.
0: Right. Let's talk about this interview.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so, what we also watched is sort of a companion piece. Ha-ha, Doctor Companion. Get it. ha <laughs> uh, Yep. It's a interview with said Doctor, Tom Baker. Uh, Tom Baker in Confidence, an interview from 2010, uh, Interviewed by apparently a schoolmate of his, a drama schoolmate of his, uh, Laurie Taylor. And so I uh, I enjoyed watching your face during this whole interview. <laughs>
0: yeah. Boy, Tom Baker's a little... Uh, something. Something. Extra. Extra. As the kids say. Yes. Incredibly self-indulgent, isn't he?
1: Yeah. It, it, yes. Yes. It's interesting, the more I watched him, and this is, I'll explain where I'm going here, but I thought, like, is he's he just the UK's Bill Shatner? <laughs> uh, and I say that, you know, as, as a Star Trek person, they're completely different. I mean, they're not that similar other than the ego, but they're sort of parallel in terms of this
0: iconic role yes. that has given them that ego that they and, continue to, and they're to both, siphon off of.
1: And they're both performers mm-hmm. in a strict ascent, sense. since, you know, because, you know, Bill Sentner's always always hustling and Tom Baker's sort of hustling, mostly just being the doctor, but that's fine. But it does, does strike me that Tom Baker, though, is, is a little more educated is not the right word, though that too. But a little more erudite, a little more. Because yeah. he's he's actually self aware of how terrible he is, uh, or of how arrogant he, he is.
0: He seems to be at times, but that's because yes. he's living in his own world. Yes. Oh boy, yes. You know, that I, just wow.
1: Because I, you know, I know you're always a passive watcher, and so watch you on your phone. And Tom begins like, "Yes, I'm a god. They're no <laughs> worshiping me. Yes." <laughs> They'll come for the sacrifice, as all <laughs> gods must do. And you're like looking up from your phone like, yeah, you're going to pay attention to this one, aren't you?
0: <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yes. These are things. These are words that actually tumbled from his lips. Mm-hmm. And I just. Ah. Yeah. But, but it's also for me as a performer, mm-hmm. that's not my bag. Right. That is not you know uh, and, and and I don't know there's a there's a combination of it, but people say you know there are two types of actors the 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 person who wants to get up on stage so everybody will look at them right, and the person who gets up on the stage so they can be another person, right so you know almost the 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 polar opposite, and I am not a look at me kind of person, mm-hmm. and Tom Baker is very much. A look at me kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find that disconcerting.
1: Right. Well, well hard to work with,
0: obviously. Uh, yes, apparently. <laughs>
1: but, but, you know, I, I, obviously I think he would have, well, you know, if he can get through the cloud, clouds of Mount Olympus, I mean, I think he would have interesting <laughs> thoughts. Because again, he's, he's, he comes from a philosophy, literally, of how he would view things. What's the story? What's the theme? What am I doing? You know, of course he says he himself is not a great actor or at least that he's a performer. Yeah. I and mean, anyway, I think that's again self-aware. He's not, you know, cause the, 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 the interviewer is like, well, you know, don't you wish people remember you in this performance and that performance and not just Dr. Who's like, no, I mean, that's who I am. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And maybe that's the other side of it for me mm-hmm. as a director. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. What a nightmare. What a nightmare.
1: Well, of course, you know, we're seeing him now, who, who's been the doctor now his whole life. So it would been an early, it'd be interesting because we could talk this maybe a little bit about John when we did the third doctor. But, you know, how long did that take for him to be like where he literally says, No, I know the character better than the writers and the producers yeah. and the directors? You know, I, I, <laughs> maybe that was like the third episode. But I think I, I would yeah. assume it probably took a little bit longer than that. Though I'm sure by then that was, you know, not. But, uh, you know.
0: But that's also not always the point. Yeah. You know, directors aren't brought in to be the experts. Right. They're brought in to see the bigger picture. Right. And if you've got one person on your soundstage who thinks they know what should be happening because they're playing one part of that big picture shift.
1: He's the Richard Shift of the. Yeah, but yeah, and so, you know, Tom just lives in his own world, uh-huh. um, and, and oh Lord, did the church mess him up, so yes. that was, uh, you know, and I don't begrudge him that it didn't, probably was not a positive experience.
0: Yes, I, I, again, though, again, I mean, he speak spent. speak to
1: people's childhood. He, yes, <laughs> no,
0: and, and you're absolutely right, but he went so far. Mm-hmm. I just find it interesting that somebody who spent, what do you say, four years in a monastery? Yeah,
1: maybe even longer, but yeah. To then
0: been, yeah. have that, I couldn't remember if it was four yeah. or six, to mm-hmm. then have that absolute break mm-hmm. is very interesting.
1: Yeah, so.
0: To, and to have such a vitriolic break. Yes. I mean, he...
1: Yeah, vivid. Yeah, it wasn't did not surprise me that he was quoted as a Chris Hitchens fan because like, no, nah, I'm yeah. picking it up. I'm picking it up.
0: Yeah. Of course, I don't even you
1: know Douglas Adams kind of had that a little bit too. So
0: yeah, yeah. And again, it doesn't bother me so much, but the vitriol with which he spoke, yeah, was
1: and like I was talking to a priest I tried not to get too close because it disgusts
0: me. Yeah. You know, that sort of that sort of thing, yeah, yes. you know. I, I, and and again, I get it. There is so much that has been a damaging force in organized religion mm-hmm. for a lot of people, and so I understand, I guess. It, it just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't. Maybe this is.
1: We pray for you, Tom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe the problem is I don't understand where his fury comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't seem like organized religion.
1: I, I guess marrying Richard's video with this interview, and again, maybe you know, this is just based on two sources. I, I would. Definitely going to read the autobiography one of these days. It yeah. sounds like a trip and a half. <laughs> I like how Richard's like, I can't even describe it. Just read it. But it sounds like the, the, his experience in the Catholic monastery or Catholic school or the Catholic church or whatever in the 60s or whatever it was, 50s or whatever it was, basically like you're nothing, you're nothing. That's mm. all he heard. And then it sounds like, you know, after, you know decades later, as being Tom Baker now, it's like, no, I was something, and you were wrong, and I hate you.
0: And actually, <laughs> yes, not only I am. am I something. I'm actually
1: a god. I'm actually a god. <laughs> so
0: there you go. So,
1: yeah. So, yeah. yeah
0: fun times. Fun times. I would times. love to know what
1: his wife is like. Oh, yeah. She's I mean, I was just doing the quick wiki. I can't remember her name. She was a, I don't know, a line producer. Anyway, she worked on the show. So, not an actor, but like a whatever so i mean he already did the actor wife but uh no this is the this is more of the stuff so it just would have been interesting of how because she's been with him for you know for a a good time now so yeah and then his children because apparently again this is wikipedia so not the most full thought out source but it sounds like estranged relationship between the two kids
0: oh really yeah between the two kids or between the kids and their dad yes that's what i meant between the kids and their dad Mm -hmm. yeah yeah.
1: Because it sounded like it just said, so I think his wiki said, like, he accidentally bumped into one of his sons at a bar or pub or something, and that sort of, you know, oh, I guess we should talk again or something. You know, I don't know. So, yeah.
0: Fun. Now I really want to read the autobiography. <laughs>
1: and I get, they were really pushing this part about him being the voice of Little Britain. You'd have more to say about that than
0: I do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that he kept pushing on was uh, doing something like. The, the narrator of Little Britain, gave him the freedom to say terrible things about people and then they'd laugh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was fun.
1: Yeah, he has simple needs, darling.
0: I guess. I guess. So the idea that he could you know, go speak at someone's retirement party and be like, "Ha ha, yeah, he's kind of an asshole," and everybody has to laugh because he's <laughs> pretending it's a joke. I, uh, yeah, uh. I'm.
1: I'm very interested in reading. Tom Baker wrote a scratchman, is that what it is? But anyway, he has a book out for, about a Doctor Who story that he wrote. All right, um, and it is actually idea he and I can't remember his real name. I'm sorry, folks. You can yell it at me at the podcast. But Harry Sullivan, he and Harry, when they weren't filming, would talk about you know, ideas pitching stories, And this is sort of the idea that came from this. And so now it's out, um, after all these years, because I guess they tried to shop it around or blah, blah, blah. Huh. So and it'd be just, and so I, I'd be interested because, you know, it, it, a, it'd, it'd be interesting because it may be a first person doctor story, which is very interesting. Yeah. And of course, who knows the doctor better than the doctor? Yeah. Um, well,
0: know. according to Tom Baker, no one knows the doctor <laughs> better than Tom Baker.
1: And, so yeah, it, it'll be. I'm looking for. I still have Cricket Men from by Douglas Adams that I want to read first before I start buying new Doctor Who books. Oh, we but got anyway. stacks. Darling. Yeah. So anyway, well, yeah, they're all calling for you, to
0: I know. Read, me, read me, read me, read me, read me, Seymour.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so let's go through the nuts nuts and bolts a little bit of the fourth doctor error. I know you're not familiar with all of them, but we'll just kind of go through them as much as we can. So, Sarah and Harry, um, Harry only lasted first time, but then we sort of Sarah Jane Smith, sort of his. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, if, if you had to, and I know when we start doing the multi doctor specials, it's sort of like who's sort of the companion for the doctor. So, you know, Joe Grant is the sort of the third Doctor companion. So I'm trying to think of Sarah Jane as the fourth Doctor. I know Sarah Jane is popular, and so maybe, yes, but, you know, I think Lila yeah, got, I a mean, season, got a season, Romana got a season. Yeah, I
0: think it's a difficult...
1: I mean, a year's end does do it. He, <laughs> has, a, he
0: has a lot of iconic mm-hmm. companions. Right. You know, when you think about the first Doctor, it's the first set of companions. Right. When you think about the second Doctor, Jamie. Jamie. (laughs) And then the third Doctor, as you say, Joe Grant. But he, the fourth Doctor, just has so many. And so, you know, Sarah Jane's always going to be my favorite. But as you say, Leela, Ramana, Nissa, and Tegan, Mm -hmm. you know, they're all pretty iconic. I mean, Nissa and Tegan go together in my mind. But...
1: Don't forget Adric.
0: God, uh, well, yeah.
1: May he rest in star's Sh- pieces. Sh- Sheriff Adric. That's right.
0: But, uh, so yeah, I don't know who his... K-9. You know, Love yeah. K-9. But I don't, yeah, and he wouldn't necessarily be in... An... Harry and K-9 and Adrick don't necessarily <laughs> hit all, me as quite right as iconic. They're yes. yeah. all as uh, as the ladies do in this, but. yeah,
1: I'd be interested. I mean, not for the obvious reasons, but Leela has always been a fascinating companion for me, so I'd be interested to revisit some of her it's mostly stories. Mostly the
0: outfit, though, is Well, it? it's not
1: all, but um, <laughs> but I mean, because I think it's it's you know you can think like oh, it's a one note, which is sort of an opposite one note. It's the warrior. It's the the quote unquote savage, which of course isn't a great term to use nowadays. But anyway, the concept of that, and then they call always use the you know Pygmalion analogy
0: yes yeah uh,
1: but, but I, which I I don't know I mean maybe that's just maybe it is and I just don't get it but I've never saw that necessarily that Lila was really picking up a lot from the time <laughs> other than like not to stab everyone I think that was pretty much what he was trying to teach her be less stabby, stabby. Yeah. yeah
0: an important lesson that we all need to learn sometimes <laughs>
1: exactly but I think it'd be interesting to go back and see some of her stories because you know she is very obviously action-packed sort of a pre-ace if you will mm. you know I can't really Think of a, you know, because I think of every companion ever, of an action companion per se. I mean, Sarah Jane's, you know, but she's not necessarily like. Action-action-y. Yeah, mean, she's doing stuff, but... She is less but Lila's damsel actively, in distress, like, trying to kill but, people. Yeah. <laughs> Being it's like, more stabbing. Yes, yeah, like Ace is trying to ex- explode people. So, yeah. But I think that's an interesting notion. You know, you sort of have this Buffy the Vampire Slayer companion, so...
0: Yeah. And a lot of... N- non-human or certainly non-contemporary that's
1: right yeah uh, I mean, with
0: leela and romana and technically Nyssa, it, technically right?
1: only sarah and harry were, were from earth tegan uh, that's true
0: yeah
1: maybe in australia though so
0: right oh yeah no fair enough so right. yeah just sarah
1: <laughs> <and Harry.
0: laughs> so yeah Oh, so nissa i was thinking and
1: she's a Princess and... Uh, oh, yes. Trackers of... I can't remember. Yeah. Keepers of Trackers. No, you're I right. Something.
0: I was thinking Victorian, but that's... Victoria. Victoria. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. not One of the most diverse groups mm-hmm. in terms of origin stories. And
1: I guess, and then maybe this is a lazy comparison, but I think the New Who comparison is Tenth Doctor, who was there for a while. But he, you know, he had th- three major companions... So you can sort of know all those eras. Of course, they're a little more combined as the stories. But, you know, you can sort of think, oh.
0: Or if you count Captain Jack.
1: Well, yes. Yeah. There you go.
0: So, yeah. Absolutely. Or at least
1: the Rose era, the Martha era, the Donna
0: era. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I was looking up salaries for for Doctor Who care, for doctors. Just out of, just this is sometimes what I do. Uh and uh David Tennant got paid by far the most okay like lots and lots the most mm-hmm. and it was a big deal when it was discovered that Jodie was coming in making the same thing that Peter Capaldi made okay which is certainly a reasonable expectation but not always the way things work
1: right yeah because there's sort of the and of course this is what tends to hurt women um, but it's sort of the I don't know if the, how the BBC works, but I'm always told with the entertainment industry, it's basically it is what you've earned in the past on your prior work. Yes. Because yeah. that's how they curve it. And that's so, a, yeah,
0: that's the starting point yeah, of the negotiation. Yeah.
1: So if you're coming up hot, then you're going to get hot money. If you're coming out from not working a lot, then you're going to get not working a lot. I'm going to be interested who got paid the
0: least. I don't know.
1: Because I figure Matt might have. I mean, I'm not done that for a fact. Possibly, just being a literally young. Yes. Yeah.
0: The least experienced Mm -hmm. out of the group Mm -hmm. uh, at the time of hiring. Right. But yeah. But at the same time, got all the money. Of course,
1: it can't be just experience because then Peter would have been the richest person there. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I thought so. So there you go.
1: Sure. So yeah, I, and I guess it's this is an unfair question to ask you without you having watched all of it. But there's the did Tom Baker stay too long question, as he is the FDR of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he
0: he he died. While he was on Doctor Who. Yes.
1: Didn't you see when he fell off the radio telescope? <laughs>
0: was he in bed with his
1: mistress? <laughs> well, I think the kids were around him. So, you right.
0: Know, uh, they were behind the couch. Uh, it's fine. Then there was the Watcher. So that's <laughs> the less said the better, really. Um, I think yes. Yeah. Partly because it made him crazy.
1: Yes. Er.
0: Er. And also, again... You know, when you get to the place where you've got new showrunners and directors coming in and you want to be the one in charge, that's you've been there too long.
1: Also, and this now struck me, and I'm sure there's a logical answer, but like in New Who, when there was a showrunner transition, there was a new Doctor. Mm. Where that is not the case at all in Classic Who. Right. You just have producers in and out and then we're still got the same cast whereas you know okay you know we're going to give it over to Moffitt you get the 11th doctor we're going to hand it over to Chris you get the 13th and so they get you literally get well not literally figuratively in some sense because you have some companions that might stay but figuratively you have a clean slate you yeah. know you can do now what you want versus like here's the actor who's been there for 5 years good luck with that yeah. you know so yeah it did make me wonder about like if for instance if Tom, if Tom had left a year earlier and then when J and T took over he got his new doctor, you know, the fifth doctor. Whether that still so would have been Peter Davison or not, you know what that would have been like.
0: Yeah.
1: Versus having to like beat Tom and senseless, and then so yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you think? We—I didn't write this one down. This is the Tom Baker era started. The, uh, I guess it's sort of, in many ways, but part of the classic Doctor Who story is what's her face, the crazy old lady. Mary, everything's too violent.
0: Oh, right. Oh, yes, the censorship lady. Yes. Yeah, good times.
1: Yeah, because that's started, and I know all the British people know that person. Um, But anyway, you know, that sort of started in this era, and so we'd kind of stay with Doctor Who for a while. I think we're going to hear about it, if not with the fifth Doctor, I think with the sixth Doctor, too. So that's sort of, I mean, I don't know. We'll find out. Richard Carrier will tell us in his videos. But I'm not saying that contributed to the death of Doctor Who, but was a... Was part of the bigger pie.
0: Yes. And, of course, this is a, a time when that's a thing. Because we're going to you know, get We're to... not quite to the... Um, t- Tipper Gore? wasn't Tipper Gore.
1: Yeah, but that's, that's not until the 90s. No, that's yeah. what I mean. We're not mm.
0: quite there, but we're starting this whole let's have much more control rock music makes them go crazy right. kind of era.
1: And I assume, again, I'm assuming, because I'm not British and not, you know, 50 years old, but, you know, soon we're going to hit the Thatcher age. Um Things get a little bit more small C, as well as big C, I suppose, conservative. So mm-hmm. what does that mean for Doctor Who? And, of course, this same time that they were saying in the video is also the time of explosion of... Sci-fi quality sci-fi. I mean, not you know. I don't know how else to phrase that. Um, mm. But where you have uh, high budget. Yes. Yeah. In a way, I don't know how much Battlestar Galactica, but anyway, but Battlestar Galactica. Uh, I mean, most American, but not necessarily so. But Star Wars.
0: Well, and the discussion of the BBC being a public, yeah, a public broadcasting, for all intents and pers- uh, purposes, a socialized right. program and so it doesn't have adverts so it doesn't get any money from adverts the mm. the money from the bbc comes straight literally out of people's pockets mm. when you pay for your television license right. and so
1: they have a say
0: they have well, they not only have a say but it means that the revenue is much more fixed mm. whereas star trek Right. had advertisers and you, know, you can charge for that and then you can raise the rates for that and all of those sorts of things that you can generate much more revenue for budgetary purposes and so the Americans were then coming out with science fiction that had a greater budget and mm. therefore high quality effects
1: sure so yeah so, any closing thoughts on the fourth doctor slash fourth doctor
0: era? We haven't even started watching any of the episodes, and I'm already exhausted
1: <laughs>
0: that's my thought
1: yes, yes yeah I mean it's, it's one of those interesting things of knowing more about Tom. does it make it uh, more difficult to watch him as a doctor or you know can you take it away or you know that's like you know i've I have a hard time being excited about anything involving jim kirk you know because shatner's just gone for me you know he's 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 off my list so um but
0: so then can't you embrace chris pine
1: i mean he has pretty eyes so i guess so he
0: does have nice eyes yeah yeah Yeah. i mean he's sort of middle of the pack as far as chris's Chris's go yeah but uh yeah yeah Sorry.
1: I mean, we were obviously a Chris Evans. Household. Oh yeah. yeah, we're totally
0: a Chris Evans household. Yeah, so. we want to be clear on the record about that. I'm guessing though that you probably rate Chris Pratt higher than I do.
1: Um, I, I don't know. I was trying to think. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know what we're basing this on, and then this turns into another podcast. So <laughs>
0: <It> does. <laughs> we'll save yeah. it for once we've turned the mic off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And for that, we will go into the TARDIS library.
0: whoosh, whoosh, whoosh.
1: When you close your eyes.
0: I go to the library.
1: Go to the library now. So we thought we would tackle some, we're sort of on a YouTube adventure here, and I sort of, you know, as I'm wont to do, have found things in the past. But we I thought, went
0: right down a rabbit hole, is what you're saying. Yeah,
1: but I've seen it before, so I thought, like, well, let's just actually do this. And this is um, Dead Ringers, which is sort of a popular uh, BBC, both um, TV and radio comedy series. But for TV purposes, it ran from 2002 to 2007, and of course it did a lot of parody, uh, but We, of course, watched all the Doctor Who ones, sort of, uh, if I'm saying his name correctly, uh, John Culshaw, very, you know, good impressionist, uh, did all the fourth and third Doctor, sort of his bailiwick, though he's done some others as well. So what did you sort of think of the different Doctor Who parodies?
0: Yeah, no, I thought they were a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Got a little weird there. People have too much time on their hands, (laughs) as a general rule.
1: Uh. (laughs) Well, I was trying to think, and this is going to be a dumb question I'll ask anyway, like, what is their SNL? Or is there one?
0: No, not like that. Because
1: it seems well. No, I was going to say I was going to say sketch comedy's gone, but I mean, sort of Little Britain and all that
0: stuff. I'm Catherine Tate yeah. and things like that. Yeah, but it's not.
1: I just think all panel shows is where most of the comedy is nowadays. But yeah, yeah.
0: and it is in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. But you know, those I don't know. There's nothing quite as finely tuned. Mm-hmm. As SNL right. and and as iconic. They sort of get things that come up and then disappear and then come up and disappear and, mm-hmm. and things like that.
1: Why did Monty Python never do a Doctor Who sketch?
0: Are we positive they didn't?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they didn't, but I'll have to double check. Yeah. I feel like that would be out there.
0: That would be fine. Both literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do have the Monty Python characters occasionally showing up.
1: (laughs) That's true. Hashtag John Cleese. Yeah, they're in Fourth Doctor era, as we were talking earlier. Yeah. City of Death. But yeah, and then I I think one of my, my, I can't have his name, I don't have his name in front of me, I'm sorry. Um, But the young man who's on the time team nowadays, Josh, John, we saw him in person, who did the 11th Doctor and 10th Doctor, who actually is doing the 11th Doctor for Big Finish now. Um, The young man who does that impression. Oh, the
0: little guy. Yes. The young guy. Josh. I don't know. I want to
1: okay. say his name's John. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that sounds right. He's very popular. I just can't remember his name. A second.
0: Very good.
1: Yes, but it was very interesting to see him and John sort of you know reenacting the fiftieth anniversary with the the caretaker. Oh, was that him? Yes.
0: Oh, I didn't. Oh, that was the whole thing. You've yeah. those things. Yeah, with
1: the care. Tim playing the caretaker, Ike using his Tom Baker voice, and then him doing his eleventh, and then it flashed to him to John doing the third Doctor, and then Josh doing the tenth Doctor, which they're both play with those characters as well so. Yeah. But that was, that was
0: funny. Yeah. That was good.
1: Do you do you remember any other cuz I know I always ask you this and the answer is no but like do you remember any Doctor Who pop culture references? Or did they not even recognize them for what they were probably?
0: When we were watching the or, or In life. When, while while I was <laughs> Yeah, no, because, again, I didn't have that connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you had the Children in, children in Need yeah, and the... Red Nose Day or whatever it was with Catherine Tate. But other than that, not so much.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these sketches are short. They're actually really short. Um, mm. It could have been longer. Um, but, yeah, there's it's a good nice uh, thing to go on YouTube and look up Dead Ringers if you haven't seen it before. I think we, or I enjoyed, I think you enjoyed, too, the Torchwood one. Um, oh yeah, the two. <laughs> poor Gwen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to see everyone's labels because the quality was a little low on our YouTube. But I, she was just labeled Welsh. <laughs> yes, they, they were all
0: having to wear their character traits as name tags, and mm-hmm. yeah, Gwen's was just that she was Welsh.
1: So then John was still playing uh, Captain Jack, and he just was doing his shashay walk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, which made me giggle.
1: <laughs> and it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a prank call person that enjoys that. But there are a lot mm. of those of him um, pretending to be various Doctor Who people and calling Doctor Who actors pretending to be people. So that's also something else to check out if you haven't seen that as well.
0: If so. that's your bag, yeah, if that's your bag. Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, until next week, we hope you enjoy watching, listening, and reading about the Doctor's adventures throughout time and space. This is BBC Television.